You may be seated, and if you've been in service the last two Sunday mornings, we've been talking about praying always. We're uh, kicking off this fall with a real strong season of prayer. Ladies' prayer is getting back together on Wednesday at 11 a.m. Now, I talked about sitting in an atmosphere where the spirit of prayer is very, very strong and very, very real. That is one area that you ladies can avail yourself much to is being in that, not only participating in prayer, but also increasing in your life in the area of the spirit of prayer. Amen? I said this morning, you know, we traveled many, many miles, many, many, for many years, Emeralds and us traveled for many, many miles, for many years to sit at the feet of Brother Kenneth e. Hagan. And we sat at his feet and we go to some of his prayer seminars. And I'm telling you, something happened on the inside of us just by being in that atmosphere. Friends, the anointing increases by association. And so it's extremely important that we associate with people that have the spirit of faith. Associate with people that have the spirit of prayer. Not that we elevate man. We always elevate Jesus. But how many of you know experience is a wonderful thing and it's good to be under ministers and ministries that flow in the spirit of faith and flow in the spirit of faith, in the spirit of uh, prayer. Amen? And so... A lot of things coming up here. Um, got some things stirring in my heart. You know, we did the uh, little email about arrows of prayer. That's just kind of uh, the beginning of some things that we want to increase in. We're asking you to pray. You know, during the course of the month, pray for church growth, church finances. Pray for safety in our schools. Amen? Amen. And uh, so I want you to take these things to heart. I don't... I don't do those things by accident. I believe I do them with the precise direction of the Lord. We talked about being clear and we talked about being precise. Like Jesus was precise when he appointed the twelve. Before that he did that, he spent all night in prayer. Amen? So God wants us to be clear to hear so that we can precisely do what he is calling us to do. No man or no woman wants to sit on an operation table and a surgeon come in stumbling and say, what are we doing here today? Is it a leg? Is it an arm? Is it a liver? Is it a pancreas? What's up? Ah, just patch her up. Let's send her home. No, we, we would not expect that professionally. And I do not believe that God, I believe that God expects us who have been around a while, who have been in the Word, who have been uh, subject, submissive to the Spirit of prayer, I believe that we are required, amen, to grow and to mature in these specific areas. Amen? So, in John 15, 7, and I don't have a real long word for you tonight because I do want to save some time to lay hands on people along with others that are going to help me and also have a time of prayer. I just have a few things that are just rolling around in my heart. Number one is what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. All prayer should spring forth from the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It should spring forth from that communion with the Father of spirits. Amen. John Wesley said, he says, it seems as if God is limited by our prayer life. 
that he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. Since this is the case, Dad Hagen said, it would behoove us or it would benefit us to become more proficient in our asking. Amen? There are so many things that are yours for the asking, yours for the believing, and yours for the receiving. Amen? And I believe that one of the things that we can ask for, and I'm asking for this in my life, I believe that we can ask for a greater spirit of prayer in our lives individually and a greater spirit of prayer in our church corporately. It will make a big difference. Years ago, Pastor Mac Hammond's wife, Lynn Hammond, who's an excellent Bible teacher, she got real honest one day and she said, now look, I realize that not every one of you are hungry. You know, the Bible says, blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness and what shall they be? They will be filled. The only way that you're going to be filled in that regard is you got to be hungry. Amen. But not everybody's hungry. You know, sometimes through uh, fatigue, sometimes through weariness, people stop praying. I understand that. I know how that can be. But she said this, and it'll stick with me forever. If you're not hungry, pray to God and ask Him to help you and to make you be hungry. Isn't that good? So that might be a, a place for, for some of you to start. Lord God, I, I haven't been praying. I'm not even really hungry. And I'm honest about it. You need to own up to it if that's the case. Amen? And say, Lord, make me hungry. Hallelujah. And I believe that he will. Patsy Caminetti said this. She said, prayer without a promise has no foundation. She said, promise without a prayer has no purpose. It will not come to pass. And then she said strongly, know the promises, pray the promises, and receive the promises. Amen? Amen. So when you look at the life of Jesus, and you, you follow him through the pages of the four Gospels, you will see and understand that crowds were literally astonished, and they were amazed at his, at his, at his life and at his example. I think he's a great example to follow. How about you? Amen. Praise the Lord. And his disciples never said this to him. Lord, teach us to preach. Lord, teach us to teach. They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so in that context, they watched him. They watched him go from place to place, prayer to prayer, hearing from heaven. He said, I only do those things which I hear my father say. And I always do those, I only do those things which I see my father do. That's why he could boldly say, hey guys, it's not me, it's the father that dwelleth in me, he's doing the works. So evidently he got a glimpse of the father's plan on a regular basis, on a daily basis. And after he'd come out from a place of prayer, the disciples would come to him and say, Jesus, Jesus, all men are seeking for thee. All men are seeking for thee. Did you know that there are men and women outside these walls that are seeking for truth? They're seeking for the answer. They're seeking to be healthy. They're seeking to be mentally strong. But they don't really have any clue what the answer is. But you and I, we have the answer. And what's his name? His name is 
Jesus. So you and I, we can pray strong. We can pray fervent prayers. Now I want to borrow my text from this morning. So if you could pull it up up there. I just want to look at this in Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. Luke the 18th chapter and verse 1. Going to look at it in the Amplified. How many of you know that Jesus tells the truth? Amen. King James is fine. Let's read it together. And he spake unto them a parable to this end, that men ought always to pray, ought always to pray and not faint. Now, if we could pull it up in the Amplified, the AMPC, that would be awesome because it defines a little bit more clearly what uh, Jesus is saying to us here. I'll read it to you. It says, Jesus told them a parable to this effect, that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward. Not to turn coward. Or like John Wayne would say, not to be yeller. And then the rest of that verse defines what cowardly praying is. Means when we faint, when we lose heart, or when we give up. And here's one of the things I believe that the Lord wants to impress strongly in our spirit tonight, individually and corporately. We must not give up praying. We must not give up praying. Regardless of what we've seen in the past, regardless of what we haven't seen yet, we must not give up. We must not lose heart and we must not faint. It is the last of the last days, and in these last days, my people shall be strong, because they know me, saith the Lord, and they shall do great exploits. To Daniel, they that know their God shall be strong, and they will do great exploits. We are not to be limping toward the rapture. Our flames should be lit on the inside of us. And that's why he said that we are to stir up the gift of God, which is in us by the laying on of hands. I remember Brother Copeland saying during this joy movement, he wasn't feeling one ounce of joy. That's paraphrasing what he was saying. But he made himself laugh when he didn't feel like laughing. And he would walk up to people when he didn't feel stirred up. And he would say, Raul, I'm stirred up now. James, I'm stirred up now. What was he doing? He was making a confession of faith that though he did not feel stirred up, he proclaimed he was stirred up. And it wasn't long before the man of God got on the Holy Ghost in fire, got stirred up, and stayed stirred up. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Try that one on for size. Say with me, I'm stirred up. I'm stirred up. Right now. So we must not give up. Praying for rain. Praying for rain. Praying for rain. Zechariah says, Ask of the Lord. Rain in the time of the latter rain. 
Rain is a type of the Holy Spirit. We're in the last of the last days. In in this latter day rain will be greater than the former rain. As a matter of fact, it'll be the former rain and the latter rain together. And oh my goodness, when that occurs in greater dimensions, we're going to be very glad. I said we're going to be very glad. And here's another area. We must not give up praying for souls. The gospel is about souls. When the gospel is preached, people hear. And when people hear, they can act on what they've heard. We must pray for the hearts and the souls of men and women. So he says, well, I know a lot of folks that have hard hearts. Jesus can soften their hearts. Jesus, the Word, can go into the heart of a man or a woman and soften their heart. And then there's a lot of good people in the Bay Area. They're morally good. They're wonderful people. They treat their wives well, their wife well. They treat their children well. They live by a moral code. But I'm telling you what, a humanly speaking moral code is not enough to get a person to heaven. It is the cross Him crucified, died, buried, and rose from the dead. And believing that and confessing that, which will turn people into new creations. We must not relax our hold. Understand me, as we pray, we pray from a place of authority. We pray from a place of rest. We're not stressed when we pray. Say it with me, I'm too blessed to be stressed. But this is not difficult to do. I mean, during the course of a day, you can just say, Lord God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you for rain in the time of the latter rain. I'm asking you, sir, to, 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 to cause souls to be saved. We pray for the hearts of men and women in Oakland. We pray for the hearts of men and women in San Francisco. We pray for the hearts of men and women in the Bay Area. Lord God, we claim Many, many people to come into the kingdom of God. Amen. And then you can ask God to send a labor. And God sometimes will say, you be that labor. I'll lead you by my spirit to go speak a word in season. We must not ever, ever give up praying for the gifts of the spirit. Dad Hagen modeled that in the 90s when he went around this great nation and held two-week meetings, Holy Ghost meetings. His main text was, in my speech and my preaching, was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstration of the Spirit of God and of the power of God, that your faith not be in the wisdom of men, but in His power. And one of the things that he was so impressed to leave with us was we must not lose our fervency for prayer. He said a generation under us will miss the move of the Spirit. They'll miss the infilling of the Holy Spirit if we don't pray and believe and take our place in prayer. Amen. I'm telling you, there's a fullness of the Spirit for people that have not yet been filled. And so he modeled that. He'd get on his knees And he would pray for the power gifts of the Spirit. He would say things like, Lord, up till now we've seen a measure of the gifts of the Spirit. 
We've seen the gifts of healings, the gift of faith, and the working of miracles in a measure. In other words, limitedly. But now, Lord, we pray for a resurgence of those manifestations of the Spirit. We pray that those power gifts be in such manifestation in this day, in this hour. Folks, we need to pray about the gifts of the Spirit. Here's what Corinthians says. He tells us to covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet I show unto you a more excellent way. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1, he says, Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Now understand, when Paul was pinning this and Paul was speaking to this, he was speaking to the whole church of Corinth. He was saying, church at Corinth, it is the will of God for you corporately to desire a move of God. To earnestly covet the best gifts. For what purpose? For the purpose of the good news, transforming and changing people's lives. You know what will happen when people get healed of cancer that don't know the Lord? Very soon they'll know the Lord. God doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what order it is. People coming out of AIDS. Glory to God. Then they can call on the name of the Lord. Everyone say amen. Amen. I was listening to a good friend of mine. He's teaching on four keys to grow in a church. And the second key that Bayless shared, Bayless Conley, who pastors a great church in Southern California by the name of Cottonwood Christian Center. And I quote, He said, when the gospel is preached, the miraculous serves as a catalyst to bring many souls to Christ. Amen. He said this, we need to contend for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, for they don't, and I love how he put this, he says, they don't work by maturity. In other words, just because you've been in the kingdom for 20, 30 years does not mean that the gifts of the Spirit are automatically going to flow through you. And just because we've been here for 36 years at Heart of the Bay Christian Center does not by any means mean that the gifts of the Spirit are going to flow just because we've been here for a while. Are you listening to me? Bela said this, We need to contend for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, for they don't work by maturity, they work by desire. Desire. They work by desire. And not just the desire of PT and Brother George in a women's prayer meeting, but the desire of every member. No unused members, but everyone taking their place in prayer and stirring up the things that are on the inside. Bayless went on to say this. He said, we need bold public prayers that God would stretch out his hand to heal and do the supernatural. Stretch forth thy hand to heal and grant, O God, that thy servants may speak your word boldly by stretching forth thine hand through the name of Jesus. So he says we need public prayers that would stretch, that asking God that he would stretch out his hand to heal and do the supernatural. And then he goes on to say, God has not changed. He will meet us. And I will say it like the song says it. He will do it again. I said, he will do it again. Amen. 
See, I get excited up here. I hope you get a little excited out there. I'm not opposed to hearty amens. Amen. I will settle for a couple holy grunts occasionally. But the Christian life (laughs) is to be one, listen now, of continual infillings of the Spirit. And that's what we're having tonight. You know, when Brent and I went to Africa last November and we were flying back from London, the Lord basically said in my spirit, this thought came, you don't have to go to Africa to to have an impartation into other people's lives. It was great and there was impartations and there was deposits that God has placed on the inside of us for 40 years came out and God enabled us to be a blessing. But he said, you can impart what I've given you right where you're at. You can lay hands on your leaders. You can lay hands on your members. I believe it. That God is doing awesome things right in our midst. Two other thoughts very quickly. The Bible talks about persevering in prayer. To persevere means to carry on, to keep going, to keep it up. How about this one? Never say die. Never say quit. To persevere also means to have some stick to you. Some tenacity and some steadfastness. There are rewards that are coming to men and women like you who will stay faithful. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. You don't have to have a PhD. You don't have to have been to Bible college. You know, a lot of people don't fulfill the Great Commission because they feel inadequate. I don't measure up. How could I lay hands on somebody? You're the very one God can use. It's amazing. Amazing. Bayless kind of had a testimony like me. He's a little bit more radical than me. He had his hair down to here. And his beard was about as long. He said the very streets that he would get so loaded on in a certain village in Africa, I mean in Mexico, the very streets, years after he got born again, he went down there to preach the gospel in a crusade. And he wasn't the main preacher. He was the guy that would run through, that would drive through the village with a foghorn and speak in Spanish, asking everyone to come to the service that night. He said, as they were driving, a little lady just stood right in front of their van and would not budge. So they got out of the van and they asked her, what's up? She said, my aunt put a spell on me. I'm all right during the day. It was daytime, but at nighttime, I lose my mind. I go crazy. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? Here's a new believer, got out of his van with a couple other people, went into the little hut where she lived, cast the devil out, took authority over it. Two, three days later, she showed up to the crusade completely free. No more problems. Hallelujah. If God will use a guy that looked like Duck Dynasty guys, He can use you. He said he was, he was recently saved. You don't have to know, you don't have to know exactly what you're doing. 
Just follow Jesus. And if you make a mistake, all right, just get up and hit her again. But he said that he would follow this evangelist around. He was a new believer. And he said this evangelist was radical. And he said he put people in chairs to pray for him, And he would take them by the head and go like this. And he said he sounded like a grizzly bear. In the name of Jesus, shut out. So one day in a Bible study, someone asked him, Bayless, my back is bad. It's really bad. Would you pray for me? He had to turn around and say, is she talking to me? Me pray for her? Some of you feel like that. Yes, you pray for others. He said, the only thing I saw was what was modeled. He said, I went through the grizzly bear routine. I shook her head and I said, come on, in Jesus' name. And she, he said, immediately she was healed. And he looked like, you are? Of course you are. Listen, folks. Signs and wonders are not just for this building. Signs and wonders are for your home. Signs and wonders are for in the grocery store. Signs and wonders are for the hospital. Signs and wonders are in the marketplace. Come on, somebody. All he's looking for is men and women like you and like me. Dad Higgins says this, We're living in a time when God is desiring to fill the earth with his glory and power. Then he went on to say, Concerning the last day revival... Dad Hagen said this, it will be number one, fueled by prayer. Number two, it'll be fired by the Spirit. And number three, it will be ignited with the glory of God. Think about it. Being full of the Spirit comes from prayer. Being full of faith comes from the Word. When we get the fire of the Holy Ghost and the dynamite of God's Word, there cannot help but be supernatural explosions. And that, my friends, will cause the house to grow. I said that will cause the house to grow. And then last but not least, this word came to me this afternoon as I was thinking about tonight. And the Lord just reminded me, son, and, and, and this is my own words, this is the gist, this is what I get in my spirit, that I should instruct people in this church to pray for one another. Pray for one another. It's good to pray about gifts. It's good to pray about souls. But here's the thought that came to me. Many of us in this room tonight have been through some things. Anybody been through some things? You've been through it, right? And then this thought came to me, okay, we've been through it. But he says, others are going through it right now. Now you help them with your prayers. You do not have to really even know their name. You don't have to know their address. You can just know that God wants to use you to pray for other members and other family members. Amen. And here's how I do it oftentimes. I'll just say, Lord, I lift up the entire church to you. Those that are hurting, I pray for healing yes, to be in manifestation. I ask you, sir, 
those that are hurting in their soul. I thank you that you are the glory and the lifter up their head. I lift up my brothers. I lift up my sisters. I lift up people that are going through it. I know of so many cases right now of members that are going through some things. And so we must pray for one another. Isn't that what the book of James says? It says, pray for one another that you may be healed. Pray for one another that they may be lifted. Pray for one another that they may get a breakthrough in their finances. Whatever the case may be. Pastor Tom, please come back. We're going to ask the worshipers to come. This is what I believe the Holy Spirit wanted to say tonight. That we are a community. And that we are a community of prayers. Amen? How many ever heard of Elijah and Elisha? What did Elisha get by following Elijah around? Elisha got a double portion. He would not have got the double portion if he didn't stay with it. He would not have got the double portion if he hadn't been steadfast. He would not have got the double portion if he would have listened to the sons of the prophets. He would not have got the double portion even if he had listened to Elijah on a certain day. But here's what Elisha's attitude was. As thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. Bay Area, as our soul lives, will not give up. Will not back down. Will not turn coward. We may live in one of the most ungodly areas in the nation, one of the most unchurched areas in the nation, but what better place for God to show up and show out and show himself strong. Come on, somebody shout, Amen! Hallelujah! Glory to God. And so Elisha followed Elijah. And when it was time for Elijah to leave, Elisha got a double portion. Amen. I can remember Dad Hagen laying hands on Brenda and I one time down at the prayer seminar, Winter Bible Seminar. Ed Dufresne was there. And Brother Hagen was to lay hands on all the ministers that night. And Ed said, there was a night where Dad Hagen did this years ago. And he would embrace some of the people that he was praying for. He would embrace them. He laid hands on many of them, but then he would embrace. So Brenda and I are standing in the line. And Brother Hagen walked up to us and he just held us. Something was transferred. There was like a cloak that came upon us that night. I went back to the Marriott. I went back to the hotel room that night. And I told Brenda, I said, I feel like I have a coat on. I feel like I have a coat on. And what is that coat? It's the glory. It's the anointing. But I'm not the only one in this place that has a coat. I said, I'm not the only one in this place that has a coat. We all have a coat. We all have an anointing. One of the things I said for years to the Lord, I said, that night, the dad laid his hands upon us. I'm cultivating that. I'm valuing that. And I believe that that anointing 
is getting stronger and stronger on Brenda and I every day. So what was there? There was valuing the anointing in his life so that I could receive what was given and what was transferred. Amen? I don't say that to elevate me. I'm not going to be the only one laying hands on people tonight. I'll be one of them. I just choose to be a vessel of honor. Amen? Amen. Say it with me. The spirit of faith faith. and the spirit of prayer. prayer. I ask for it tonight. I ask for for a greater degree. And I ask for a greater unction that I may pray effectually. That I may pray more powerfully in my individual life. And that I may pray more powerfully and effectively, unitedly with my brothers and my sisters. We pray for an increase. An increase, Lord. A greater degree. You said, Lord, that you would take your people on from one degree of glory to the next. Take us on, Lord. Take us up higher to greater degrees. Greater degrees of glory. Going up higher. Praying stronger. Praying in the Spirit from a place in the Spirit. Praying with the Spirit of seeing and praying with the Spirit of knowing. Lord, we ask for this increase. And we believe it and we receive it now in the mighty name of Jesus. And we just thank you ahead of time for it. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands upon him. And the children of Israel hearkened unto him. And he did as the Lord commanded Moses. Joshua was there when it was time for Moses to go. And Moses laid his hands on him. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Just don't let any Tom, Dick, or Harry lay hands on you. There's a lot of talk about releasing and impartation, and that's good and that's great. But be very, very careful who you associate with. Somebody says, give me a name. I'm not thinking of any names. The Bible says, don't lay lay hands suddenly on any man. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's stand to our feet.